You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of Take About. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have a very different but exciting episode this week as well. Um, not too different, actually. I mean, we have a one interview today, not 10 like last week. Um, but the interview is definitely different as far as uh, we talk more about one topic for for the full 40 minutes because there was just so much to unleash. And uh, I think it's really good and a really um, thought-provoking episode for sure. And this episode is going to be featuring Eric Anthony Lopez, who was literally starring in one of only two theater productions in the entire world uh, over the course of the pandemic. So Eric's experience over the past two years working in the theater is something that not a lot of people can say and not a lot of people can talk talk on. And uh, to have him on to talk about that experience and talk about what the day-to-day life was, uh, was extremely interesting. And there was just so much to talk about. I mean, everything I feel like every time he would say something, something new, like I, I just genuinely wanted to to hear and learn about um he just like I said it was very thought-provoking everything he was kind of saying I was like oh I have a follow-up question to that and this uh makes me think of another question so very very cool episode uh this week and I feel like you're all gonna enjoy it because uh it was at the peak of the pandemic you know literally only 30 people can say he's experienced what he experienced uh and he was in that cast um and just the stories that he was telling uh it, it, it's very good it's very good so stay tuned we have a very exciting episode uh coming to you very shortly um but first we got to talk about some broadway news come on there's a lot going on so i can't cover everything uh as always but i want to start out this segment by saying happy opening to Hades Town and waitress two of my literal favorite broadway shows okay um Hades Town just obsessed uh reeve carney is uh unhuman uh and he's so good but so unique uh and, and of course waitress you all know how i feel about waitress i'm so excited for that to be returning um so yes that and it's happening today like, what are the odds that shows open on a Thursday when Take a Bow releases a new episode? Like, first of all, Thursday is, like, middle of the week. So why is anyone opening on a Thursday? But that's their choice. Like, I'm happy about it because it works out perfectly for me. And uh, I'm I'm the sooner the better. I'm just so excited. Um, so, yes, huge happy opening to Town and Waitress, and that also leads me to saying happy early closing to Springsteen on Broadway, which closes this Sunday. Um, it seems like Springsteen, I don't know, it was a very interesting run for him. It, I know it was limited, but it seemed like it went in and out. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay too close of attention as I should have. Um, but yes, thanks for coming back to Broadway. Thanks for opening Broadway. Uh, and just being a uh, a good light uh, and good uh, presence that we all needed uh, during this time when all the other shows were trying to get under their under their feet. So uh, happy closing to Springsteen on Broadway and happy opening to Hades Town and Waitress. So exciting! Um, there's been it, it's been a crazy week. Uh, a bit of controversy, of course. Uh, this time not uh surrounding the whole vaccine and anti-vaxxers 
This was more surrounding the transgender community. Monday, September 6th, Location TBA, there will be a trans march, which we will keep you all posted on the location when it's announced, uh, and we'll be posting it on the Take a Bow Instagram. You can follow my Instagram, and I'll be posting it there when we do have a location. Right now, we don't have a location, so I can't tell you guys where to go, Um, but... There will be a trans march, and this march comes in light of the recent statements that Cameron McIntosh released saying you can't implant something that is not inherently there in the story or character. That's what I think. Just to do that, that becomes gimmick casting. It's trying to force something that isn't natural. And that just was not... That was not okay. I don't mean to be political, but I really... um. I don't really think it matters what view, uh, what your political views are, but I just, I think that everyone can agree that that may not have been the nicest statement or, or a fair statement at all. Um, I, I just think, I don't know, understand how someone in the theater community can actually think like that. Um, but Either way, uh, trans folks in the theater decided to spark a conversation led by them on the topic, and many trans uh, performers kind of took to social media, and of course they're they're leading this march, um, saying that you know we are actors, we're not a gimmick, we are people just like you, um, and so there there's been a lot of interesting conversations that have come out of it. Um, so I, I try to look at things in a positive way and I do appreciate these conversations that have, um, sparked and kind of come to surface with a lot of people. And, um, I think it's important that we do have these conversations, especially led by trans people, um, which kind of haven't, hasn't really happened as much as it should in the past, um, but that being said, uh, yes, I, I, I just wanted to report that uh, there's a trans march. So let's go support trans performers. And I will keep you all posted on the location of that um, through social media, through Instagram. I can post it. Just reach out to me if you're interested and um, and I'll send it over to you. Um, so, yeah, um, the trans march will also, um, like I said, We'll be uh, having conversations. We will be marching uh, along Broadway. There will also be transgender performers there, and uh, they'll be singing or, like I said, sparking conversation. So um, I hope to I hope to see you all there. This is pivotal that we support this. I I do not stand with his uh, comments, and I do not stand for his comments or anything. And I will fully be supporting all the trans performers um, on Monday and of course beyond, you know? Um, So I hope you all will join me and the Broadway community in supporting them and supporting everyone else. So um, yeah, there is actually a a cool announcement that came out this week. Uh, Generally, they don't always do this, but uh, MJ the Musical is literally uh, accepting video submissions nationwide um, in as they are looking for a new young Michael Jackson. So performers, okay, so in the show, they say Michael Jackson's around 10 years old. And performers, the, the anyone can audition, can be older or younger, as long as their voice is still in the young Michael Jackson range. So if you're interested, all you have to do is make a video of yourself singing a Michael Jackson song. And then uh, if you don't know a Michael Jackson song, just look it up. I highly recommend uh, just trying this. It's it's going to be really cool, and it's a really cool opportunity, especially if you get it. You're going to be on Broadway. Um, so in this video, all you have to do is tell them your name, your age, your height, where you're from, how you heard about this opportunity, and, of course, sing your Michael Jackson song. So you don't even have to learn lines or anything. So if you already know a Michael Jackson song, you really don't even have to prepare it. So if you already know a Michael Jackson song, you don't even really have to prepare anything. It's just a really cool opportunity that allows you to audition for a Broadway musical. Um, It's MJ the Musical. And uh, if you are interested in doing that, you have to obviously film the video and then email a link to the video at audition at mjthemusical.com. Once again, audition at mjthemusical.com. 
And those auditions need to be submitted by September 20th. So if anyone is seriously interested in auditioning for a Broadway show and you're able to sing Michael Jackson, please, please, please submit it. I think it's such a cool opportunity. It's going to be one that you don't want to pass up. They're literally just like looking for anyone and everyone to submit videos for the, to play young Michael Jackson on Broadway. Um, so take advantage of the opportunity. That wraps up the news segment today. I know there wasn't much. I covered a couple topics, but they were some heavy topics and meaty topics that uh, took up a lot of time. So those are some of the major ones that I really wanted to touch. And uh, with that being said, I am so excited for this interview, so we're going to turn it over to the interview, okay? And uh, our guest this week, like I said earlier, is Eric Anthony Lopez, and you all actually heard from him last week, if you listened to last week's episode. Um, He was one of the guests that I actually interviewed. I know, unfortunately, for me at least, I don't know about y'all, maybe you guys like that length, but for me, those were just too short, and I couldn't ask them everything that I wanted to. Um, and Eric's story with uh, being in Phantom, and uh, he's been an American Idol. Uh, he's done opera all over the place. He's done he's done it, so many things. Um, and you know, I just feel like we're gonna see him on Broadway soon enough. So um, he is yet to make his Broadway debut, and he kind of shares some of his like want a dream Broadway debuts and uh we'll keep our fingers crossed that one of those happen but I just feel like we don't even have to keep our fingers crossed because I feel like he's just going to be on Broadway because he's just so talented um and he has so much experience uh and he was in the international tour of Phantom of the Opera so without further ado I'm just going to stop talking about Eric Anthony Lopez and you're going to hear from him so Eric Anthony Lopez curtain up this week we have a very special guest who is known internationally as he was seen most recently in the international tour of phantom of the opera which was one of only two productions going on throughout this whole pandemic. Um, and that in, in that p- production, he actually made history by becoming the youngest performer to play Ubalado Piangi, but that I covered it. So the whole uh-huh. thing is, so I guess the actor, actor cast to sing the role of Ubalado Piangi with his normal, what is it? What is normal... What is that role? How do they say it? With his normal track, I guess, being Pasarino eight times a week. Oh, that's a mouthful. My God, that's that's too much. <laughs> but that is just as much as impressive. I mean, you made history in perhaps one of the most iconic franchises on Broadway in the Phantom world. Um, so everyone, welcome. You just heard from him to take a bow, Eric Anthony Lopez. Oh, wait, this is a part of the process. <laughs> that was part of the intro, but that's okay. We can leave it. We can leave yes, it. Yes, we can okay, leave it. Okay, so he, let's explain to the viewers. So yes. I cover the role of Pia. He's 35. I don't look 35. So what they do is, you know, I'm covering it as you as someone does. Right. But I play Pasarino in the show. And I cover Pianji. So, you know, it, it's a joke between me and the Carlottas who I play opposite as I could be their son because I look, <laughs> you know. So wait, so when you like, so say you like go on to sing for Albado Pianji, so you play Pasarino and you do double duty basically? No, I do not do double duty. I'll I'll be, I would then be taken out of Pasarino and told as. (laughs) uh, I was going to say that's a lot. Pianji. Um, no, they wouldn't have me do both. But it's it's cool because at the time I was cast in 2018, I was, uh, yeah, I was 23, uh-huh. which is bizarre. Because at the time I was like, oh, I could do this part. And then, you, you know, you sit with the book and go, oh, wow, I'm like couple a decade off but it's fine it's good (laughs) right (laughs) I mean you have your voice is just so um 
so beautiful. I mean, I don't really know how to say it. I mean, you have this operatic background that is so beautiful and you can sing insanely high. I mean, your voice is just incredible. Um, so yes, it, it makes sense that you could literally like you could play him. And do you have this? Do you have an uh, is your background mostly in opera? Uh, yes, I've done a couple of uh, op operas in Sydney and at the, at the Opera House and in London. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to, I always leaned towards an operatic kind of feel. Right. Um, so pre-Phantom, to try to beef up my opera resume, I would do, try to get that. Yeah, I would go to London and Sydney to try to do that, which is which was a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> I knew I. It sounds kind of weird, but I always knew that Phantom would be kind of my first commercial show that I ever did. Really? Um. So I so I knew I was like, um, they're probably gonna put me because I got called back many times. Mm. But you know, as now that I know from being casted, I was too young for the track that I could do. Um. So by the time I auditioned for the World Tour Company. And for Broadway, frankly, they were, you know, I had all that international opera experience. So they felt more comfortable, not just giving it to, oh, a 23-year-old, but, oh, giving it to someone who actually, you know, has, you know, had an international experience and operatic experience. Sure. Because one of the requirements for Pianji to sing it is to be opera trained. And I'm not formally opera trained. I can just fake it well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But being in, you know, on, uh, in choruses, if you will, of certain operas and things helped me out by the time I came to the show. So, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Well, for those listening. So I actually last week I released the of course, the wonderful uh, red carpet interviews that we had um, at the show must go on premiere. Uh, and you heard from Eric actually in those uh, in that episode. So now we're hearing from him again and we're going to hear more about his story and more uh, in depth into what it was like to be in a show during a pandemic. So, Eric, um, what was that like for you? Take us through a day in the life, like as far as the tests and everything that went around uh, the whole COVID scenario. Yeah, a life of the pandemic, a life doing a show during a pandemic. So yeah. it was crazy in the beginning. Um, we, you know, we had masks. That was, for starters, we had masks backstage at all times. So, and temperature checks before we got in the building. So that's cast, that's crew, that's everybody. You didn't get in the door unless your temperature was recorded. Um, and then if it was too, if it was, if it wasn't too high or whatever, you would then be sent to a nurse from one of the local presenters who would check you out and see if you're exhibiting any COVID symptoms. And that actually never really happened. Um, no one ever, ever, no one ever stepped foot in the building and felt unwell. If you were unwell, you were out of the show. Like there was no shame right. in that. Um, and then they had track and trace. So what we would do every day and it got kind of crazy after a while is anywhere you went, they wanted to know, local presenters wanted to know. So we would fill out at two o'clock today before the show, I went to so-and-so restaurant and, and by doing that tracking 135 or so, you know, slips, yeah. they were able to say, Hey, um, based on these slips, you people may need to get tested because there was a little bit of an outbreak. So we would get emails. If you were here at that time, we have wow. the slips. We know, we know where you are. Right. These might need to get tested. And people were more than, that's the thing that, it, so it was a worldwide cast. So people mm -hmm. from the West End, people from New York, from people from South Africa, all over. Everyone was very willing to, you know, comply. Like there was no... It was actually kind of amazing. There was no like funny business. Everyone kind of just, you know, knew what we had to do. Right. We knew we wanted to keep our jobs. And <laughs> a lot of eyes were on us. Mm. Not, not, only the, not only the Korean government, but the whole, that sounds kind of silly, but the whole world in terms of theater, like they were looking at live events. Everyone was kind of seeing how we were actually doing this. So right. I remember I would get... Um, uh, I've actually never said this before. I would get DMs from certain outlets saying, do you guys really wear masks 
backstage and it, I'll give you this amount of money if you say, you know, like it was weird. Oh, like we wow. had press, we had like press around our show. Like they were trying to see if there was any funny business going on. Right. And it was, and uh, so, yeah, it was, like, it was a crazy experience and we all kind of lived in fear that we were going to shut down every day or someone yeah. was going to get sick. So a day in a life, yeah, we would just wear masks backstage, and then when it was time to go on stage, we would put our mask on the table, okay. sing, do, dance, do what we had to do, and then oh. go right yeah. back and put our masks on and socially distant, because you know there is no such thing as socially distancing on a stage. That did right. Really- so how did that work in like a dressing room? Like, did you all have your own? We didn't have our own, but we all spread out. Okay. But, but still, like, of course, with our masks on, you know, people yeah. get relaxed six or seven months into the COVID way of doing things. So people mm-hmm. would, like, talk. And now we would still have our masks on, but it was, like, you couldn't really socially distance. So we had hand sanitizer everywhere. Yeah. These costumes, which have been used, and it's no shade to Phantom. It's just how it is. Since 1988, like, right. these costumes have been recycled from company to company to company to London to Broadway to Los Angeles back in the 90s. Like these costumes are old. They have never been cleaner and more <laughs> well prepped and kept and sanitized oh. than it was for this. Because people, you know, you know, it was it was it was wild. Yeah. Was- With Kiss It Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah. That's insane. Was there ever like, okay, so you mentioned that like your cast was literally all over the world. Like when you got the call and they were telling you that you got the role to be in Phantom, the international tour, while there's a pandemic going on, were you like, was there a worry? Was there like a doubt when you were like, is this like something that I should do at this moment in time? Well, actually, that was more of cats, actually. Okay. They were, we had nobody. We had like two people put in right before the pandemic. I was already with the show for two years at that point. Oh, wow. Um, so, so I was already there doing family, doing the show that I knew. Like there was no change in kind of what I was doing. Gotcha. Um, so there was people who joined, like a couple of our Christine alternate um caitlin finney she joined right before the pandemic am i right about that yeah right before the pandemic and um another guy aiden you know one of our phantom covers he joined but other than that we didn't have any crazy turnover um um but and if we did it happened in february and of course we're hearing you know rumbles about covid but we thought it would just it was just going to affect us because we were now not in Tel Aviv and Dubai anymore. We were now in, you know, the Asian market. So right. we thought, oh, we're probably going to be canceled or delayed. So yet, that's another thing. I heard about the first time I heard the word COVID or coronavirus, SARS, you know, that official first name was like in December, January. And really? we were worrying about it. I remember telling my mom like in January. Yeah, mid-January. I said, well, you know, I don't know. I might come home soon so we can get together or something. She's what do you mean? Just, oh, this is a, a virus going around. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. And it was like not even not even realizing, you know, it was just it was a wild experience. Um, so yeah. no, to answer to answer your question, I was already touring and doing the show. Gotcha. Um, but 
it was, and our put, you know, people were put in a month before. So by the time everything went and we started wearing masks and all the rest of it, everyone was already put in. Like we already had a, a show that was locked with people and, you know, there was nobody taking vacations during those six months. I'll tell you that everyone kind of stayed put. Right, right. I'm, I'm sure that did like, was that like scheduled? Was that something that like had to like, did that like affect anybody like it was someone supposed to leave and they like couldn't like was someone supposed to join and they couldn't like like was what was if any what what was like major effects that you know doing theater during a pandemic had on the cast it was just and I don't think I'm out of school for saying this I think mentally we all were we we all kind of put, as our resident director said, Reiner, we kind of put the show first. Mm. But of course, there was a mental anguish, if you will. You just become, everyone was paranoid right. the entire time. I know for me, I was, you, you know, you're reading all these things about, you know, your city that you just left, you know, on a layoff, you know, New York, for me. You know, vent- they're trying to get ventilators and this, that, and the other, and people are dying. And then we're going on stage and singing and dancing. We kind of felt kind of like, well, what are we doing? Like, what? Why am I doing this? Right. Um, but the Korean, you know, people were already kind of over their peak. Their peak was okay. Oh, two uh, a month and a half before. Um, but in terms of people coming in, no. As I said, like the we had with full creatives and everything come over and put new people in not wow. knowing that when March hit, we would be changing kind of how we were doing things. Right. So, so talk to me about this. So March hits, right. And you have to change all these things. And now COVID and the pandemic is like really in the heat, uh, in, in the, the, the heat of it, I guess that's what I wanted to say originally. So that's what I'm going to say. Um, uh, and so, especially at least in the U S um, that's when things were kind of at its peak. Um, but so, I mean, every night there must have been like a oh is this going to be our last show or like like what what was going what was happening like I I just need to hear all the thought process and everything it was uh crazy so when March yeah you know we're we're doing the mask and and all the rest of it and we just never and it sounds like a corny line and I'm sure it made the movie but it's so true we felt like every performance was genuinely our last. Right. Everyone was going all out, you know, every time. Yeah. Um, no, it was just everyone really put their all into every performance, which sounds wild, but it was true because people were just, we never knew when we were going to shut down, what was going to happen. Right. So, so talk to me about like, your first performance right and you look out into the audience and you just see 2000 plus masks on people's face what was that kind of did that kind of just remind you of like holy cow this is like this is insane and like i can't believe that i actually like am able to be doing this at this moment in time yeah but see even still in hindsight you don't think like that we just I know a couple of us turned to each other and were like, it was actually spooky at first. You look mm-hmm. out and you see, you're used to seeing a sea of darkness and now you see a bunch of white masks popping up and you're like, what the heck? Right. Um, it was a little spooky at first, but honestly, and it, <laughs> uh, two months in maybe, we kind of got really used to it. It was an ever present reminder that we were going through a pandemic. But uh-huh. it was also like, wow, like we got actually kind of got used to it. So by the time, you know, that event that we performed with, with Josh Groban and Sierra and Andrea DeBus and all those people, you know, someone asked me at stage, which I thought was kind of funny, was it weird performing for everyone with masks again? Like you look out and there's a sea of masks. It's like, no, I said no, right. because it, I'm like, I'm so used to it now right? <laughs> that it was like, oh, 
yep, this is what you do. It actually will be weird performing for a crowd that's not masked. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what I say now is like, even like going into a grocery store, like I still can't take my mask off even though I see people doing it because I just feel like it's like not even what you're supposed to do anymore. Like life, right. is, life is normal now with a mask and it's just bizarre. Um, talk to me. So in the documentary, I mean, we kind of got a little taste of it um one of your cast members had come down with covid um like did that just add more stress i guess for for you as a cast member dealing like maybe around him and whatnot like what what was going on and how did you what were the were there added protocol like what what happened when if someone was tested positive um yeah so that was a crazy one we had so first it started with our one of our ballet women mm-hmm. she was out of the show fine like we were like it was st- again it was still like i think it was march right no april we were like oh she's out we didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it even still <laughs> um and, and then we got an email hey this person is now you know covid positive and we're like oh damn so right. we thought when we all got tested and we got brought up to the roof of the hotel with hazmat suits and all the rest of it we all thought wow we're gonna get the shows over and we're gonna now have a shit, shit ton yeah that's what i said a shit ton of cases like we're gonna have about 10 or 15 of us and i dance with her in masquerade i'm not on the stairs i'm actually they'd have me double as a in this thing called little band oh my god um, so we 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 have a dancing sequence so i dance right in front of her we interact we're always and she was one of my friends in the show mm-hmm. um so i was convinced i had it everyone yeah. was panicking and texting on group chats like oh my god like it, it was wild so then only one person contracted it or maybe brought we still don't know if, um the person who additionally got COVID in our cast got it from the ballet woman mm-hmm. or if, you know, like we still don't know actually what happened or if they both brought it from New York to. Right. Um, um, but that the guy who got COVID in our show, like I sit next to him and I dance with him in that number of masquerade too. So I thought I had what? it too. Oh my God. And I didn't get it. And I, and I honestly, well, I don't know. I don't want to spread science rumors, but I, you know what? I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I, there was rumors about why me, <laughs> I was heavier at the time. So people say, oh, well, you're heavier, so you don't get COVID. Now, that is something that sounds about right in April 2020. We now know that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the stuff we were hearing, you know, especially in the very beginning. There right. was all sorts of things. Oh, people under 20 don't get it. People under 30, like, you know how all that crap was going on we're still um, learning every day <laughs> we are uh, right everything is still ever changing right um but yeah it was it was crazy and we were like wow i hope they're okay <laughs> right like, that's insane like like okay we have understudies on but like are they okay right um i know like there was was there ever like a thought of like shutting down the show right then and there like not shutting it down but maybe taking a couple days off we ended up taking a two week because we had to we were all quarantined for mm-hmm. two and a half weeks i'll say the korean government treated us like gold they like they and every their whole people their entire country oh. like they were they they gave us a huge box of stuff oh my god like, I, I, like we weren't we're in quarantine we got a, a a box of like food but like legitimate like household, like salmon and like what? Uh, what is that? <laughs> milk and water, uh, bottles and bottles and bottles of water in quarantine. Like it was actually wild. It was, it, and I'm like, I wish our government would do that. Right. Um, but, but actually the big worry, the big worry for me, not for me, but amongst everybody, without naming names, one of our girls, women, one of another veteran of the franchise, her mother passed away, not oh. because of COVID. <laughs> couldn't go home because of COVID and she had to just, and she was, and she, I think she took, I don't even know. She took maybe a couple days off and came back. I was like, how are you even standing here right now? So it's all that stuff that, you know, 
that, you know, it's not just COVID, you know, real life and we could, no one could move. Right. Because we were in this like bubble. Wow. Um, but thankfully none of the elder elders of our show got it and everyone came out alive as, and I'm not even saying that as a joke. We all know literally. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's those things I think about that actually, when I talk about it with you, I, rem- I remember it. I'm like, oh yeah, her mother passed away and she couldn't say goodbye. Right. That's horrible. And you hear those stories, you know, on the news of people saying goodbye on Zoom. That's kind of what she had to do. In the middle, wow. And then she had to go do her show and act like everything was, everything was fine. And right. it's like, oof. So. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Wow. Um, <clears throat> well, kind of what you were referring to, um, we talked a little bit before we started um, hitting record on this. Um, you kind of, we had talked about um, what it was like to to be at a premiere again and whatnot and like be at a theater like now that you're out of um, you're kind of like home in New York and you've had some time away from Phantom and whatnot um, do you and, and you're able to look back on all of these memories like you just said kind of like relive it in a way um, how I mean like how can you put into words like how um, I guess lucky and like grateful you've been to like be able to be able to be one of the few actors or performers that have been able to work in the past couple of years and be in a theater where you you love you know and do what you love. Yeah, all the things you said. Extremely grateful. Um, extremely grateful to the Korean government, our producers, uh, really useful, and our team for mm-hmm. not only keeping our show running but. Doing it, doing it in a safe fashion. Yeah. It's also talking to other actors now being back. Because um, I, so the world tour is on a little hiatus at the moment. Right. But we're coming back at the end of the year, which is really cool. But um, in terms of, I was always kind of planning, not to leave, but I was always going to be kind of around in New York because I was doing a show in LA and what have you. Oh. And it really, it, it really makes you, well, a TV show. I was shooting a TV right. show. And, and why two things, you know, coming out of that bubble from Korea and Phantom and then going to another show, they do it exactly kind of like, like everyone wants to keep you know, their sets, their places safe, mm-hmm. but no one does it like the Korean government, I must say, or the Koreans, because I think they're used to it and they, they take things a lot more seriously. <laughs> like right. There is no fighting of the masks. Like people just put it on. There is no, well, I'm not going to, or politicizing of it. They just kind of do it. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to now go to, you know, posts being on a COVID set, if you will. <laughs> not yeah. a COVID set, but, a, a, you know, post COVID set, <laughs> if you will. And everyone you know, the protocols are very similar. Like I've, I've lived with them before. So it's, it's kind of eerie. Yeah. Um, but back to the original point, um, it's just grateful to keep working. And, oh, and also talking to actors in New York, I can't actually relate. That's, yeah. that's the weird. And it sounds like, oh, I'm just, no, I really can't relate. Yeah. I never really experienced any of this. Like my lockdown was in Korea. I never had the normal the normal experience of all the people I know from other shows so it's grateful but it's also like they talk about like real life stuff like financial situations or people just leaving the business completely I have no I can't really empathize like I can empathize but you know what I mean I can't really like I hear you no I I don't and that's the only downside is that you can't really be a good friend because you're just like oh there's nothing wrong with that okay you were you, you uh, got to do what you love and do what the other like seven thousand people in the industry or whatever it is like wanted to do you know like you know i don't know i just think it's a really cool thing to like it is cool and not to be a downer yeah <laughs> like it, it is also just it still doesn't believe and this sounds really corny because I lived it, I still don't believe like we were the only show in the world. Right. That's the weird part. Yeah. So. It, you guys literally, I mean, you made history in the show for so many reasons. I mean, like you were just to say that you were part of that cast, uh, the youngest uh, person to sing. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's so cool. I, it, it's, I don't know. 
I find it very interesting. I don't know. You should be very proud. Uh, <laughs> everything going on. <laughs> Um, yes, but I, I do want to talk to you too about, like we mentioned the show must go on documentary and the premiere of that. Um, I, not so much about the documentary itself, but kind of what it was like to have a camera following you around and how did that affect things, uh, backstage or whatever it may be. And just like documenting your entire, well, some of your run. So no, having a camera following us, that was, was a lot of things. It was interesting. It felt, uh, and our, you know, there was no crew. Like usually when you work on a film or a TV, there's a crew. Right. And Sammy kind of, it was like a, a very, a screen, extremely skeleton crew, uh, crew rather. Our director, Sammy. Yeah. Conald, uh, who directed Evita at City Center bunch of other things she held the camera herself <laughs> she That's did the insane. questions she did the setup like she kind of she was carrying around that camera all around like you don't get that usually you have a whole crew so that on the industry side was very interesting also in terms of following us around and everything I, again we were so focused and this is I speak for a lot of people I think on this on doing the show and staying healthy and honestly keeping the show going. You know, we weren't really thinking like when they told us, oh, this documentary is coming. We were like, okay, whatever. Like we were like, okay, this is cool, but we got a job to do. Right. And now looking back on it, we're like, oh, that was, that was really something. I'm glad that we kind of have a piece, right. piece frozen, frozen in time. Because I keep repeating it, but it's worth repeating. I have no, until that documentary, I didn't really under, truly understand what we were doing at that particular time well, until I saw it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, listen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, I, I know you were too busy being a star singing with Josh Groban and everything, but oh. on the night of the <laughs> premiere, I just wish that you guys were able to be in that audience because I, I I'm getting chills literally thinking about it just because like after seeing you guys up on a giant screen in a theater you know like with everyone with a full packed house you know like everyone was crying everyone was smiling everyone was feeling every emotion and just the sense of I've like a missing piece of the puzzle finally coming back to life and coming back into them. And it was just so incredible to just sit back and just look around the room at everyone who was enjoying this and enjoying the work that you guys were doing and enjoying the, the piece that uh, the documentation of your production um, it, it was just a magical night. And I just so wish that you were able to see everyone's like tears just coming down their faces of like joy and sadness and all of the hard times that they were reliving during COVID and everything. It was just, it was really special. I'll tell you this. I definitely, there's a crevice in the majestic oh. on stage left that I kind of peeked out of. Really? Um, and I saw, cause I'll, also, the screen is so bright. Yeah. I could see uh, 
people's reaction and it was it was comforting and then yeah. in dress rehearsal i knew it would be a not that i choreographed it i did not do anything or have any part of that but sammy had the brilliant and kristen lodgett our the musical supervisor at phantom for world tour and broadway she they had this idea to sing after the show as if we never said goodbye which i thought was a brilliant choice really and what makes me as a fan you know because i was a huge fan of phantom before i was in it um it's funny i have um fans at stage door will sometimes come up to me and be like you're like you're like one of us because you're so enthusiastic with phantom i'm like oh no it's true i wear the t-shirts i wear the hats i don't care oh i what, love that <laughs> like and people oh that's not cool because you know you know people in the show you, you don't want to be a fangirl i'm like no i will rock it i don't care right i'm i'm masquerade and phantom is my jam no <laughs> cut to, so cut to no so we okay we're doing the event right and we're sound checking it and whatever they have the candelabras so what i loved about that is the screen played the credits the screen flies up and all you see is the candelabra oh my god oh i'm getting chugged up and you I know. see the candelabras lit for the first time and then you see of course what better choice sierra bogus standing right. there center stage with the musical supervisor of that show playing, starting that song. I was backstage, it's just, and it, and it's, you know how like you do interviews and it sounds like it was just so magical. You know, it's kind of corny. It really was no, yeah. like magical. Like I, we, everyone backstage, the crew, like we, it was just a teary, something about that scrim flying yeah. up and the candelabras being lit like that was crazy and it just it makes you appreciate um oof my god i know it makes you appreciate you know theater and the arts and all that and oh, and then such a beautiful piece for them to pick too so yeah it was it was wild it was wild totally it really seems like i mean as as, as unfortunate as a as a reset like it was for a lot of people in a lot of ways, you know, some people needed the reset to just look back and reflect on just the little things in life that they may take for granted and just realize, you know, I need to stop taking that for granted. Cause you don't like, I feel like once you're, you see a Broadway show, like however many times and you continue to go and then you're like, Oh, like it's not as special, but like, I remember walking into the theater again and just like, it was as if I relived the first time I ever saw a Broadway show, you know, like, and I was like, this is a feeling that I need to continue to feel like I can't like get tired of this feeling anymore because I know what it's like to live without it, you know? For sure. That's actually one of the things a lot of actors are feeling that way. Yeah. Like I, they, like I know when I walked inside the Majestic again, where I had my fitting, gosh, how many years ago? In 2018 or whatever. It just felt like I never left but it right. also felt like a renewed sense and we also knew what we were going to do that evening for that welcome back you know Broadway first full house performance mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing and also you know I know for me especially during the on the road times of my career you know you come back to um New York you I have in my apartment whatever and people are like, oh, do you want to see this show? And you're like, oh, okay, sure. But sometimes you don't want to go. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to that. I'll, I'll see it in six months or I'll see it right. next time. I really don't want to, eh, I'm kind of, nah, I'm kind of musical theatered out. Let me do something else. Because, you know, you're on your way off. Yeah. I, and there are, you know, I will never do that. I know I'll never yeah. do that again. There are so many shows that I actually, and not to shout it out, I'm not in it or, but, you know, part of it, but. For example, West Side Story, that revival, mm. that was one of the things that I literally said, oh, I'll see that later. Oh, that won't go anywhere. Oh, really? So West Side Story, people will go, I know I'm in town, but you know what? I'll catch it later because, yeah, I'll just catch it later. I, I you know, now I'm kicking myself because everyone has such great things to say about it. Right. Um, and now that's not coming back. So you're like, oh, okay. I will, I'll try to, you know, that's definitely going into seeing things again. Yeah. Even being in a show. Yeah. Literally. A, be grateful. Like, 
you know, there was a time where no one was working, like be grateful, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. So, uh, but sure. you were, but you were doing it. You were booked and busy. We were. <laughs> right. <laughs> As you should. That's incredible. Um, well, I, I do want to talk too, um, because there was something interesting. Okay. So obviously I like to prepare about my, prepare for my interviews and like kind of get some more information on guests and whatnot. But I had this, I came across your um, audition for American Idol that I just had to watch. Okay. (laughs) And I loved the fact that the song that you sang was called The Show Must Go On, Mm -hmm. which was the title of the documentary Um, in just a full circle moment. Plus you sang it in front of Queen or Adam Lambert, who's now singing for Queen. And it was a Queen song. Uh, I just thought it was I thought it was all perfect. I just wanted to shout that out. I don't know if you want yeah, to talk about that. I will. Yeah, no, that- it's it is so weird, and I try to ignore it. I'll say a couple things. So okay. I was a teenager when I went on that show. Yes, and I didn't. I was definitely not ready. So that was the first thing I ever did, ever. So I literally high school, a little bit of college, and then I did that. So no theater, no oh my God. before my theater life, you know. Um, before I moved to New York, before everything. Now, wow, that show being even that little snippet, which is like, I don't know, it's not necessarily my best work. However, I, you know, that little event, uh, you know, Idol, like it opens so many doors and I'm yeah. very grateful to do it. Now, um, so how do I say? So for Show Must Go On, you know, people are seeing you know, the movie and I'm involved with it and they're like, wait a second isn't that the song you i'm like that is the song i, I love it that makes, it makes me laugh because you know i'm like i don't know did i predict i don't know it's very right. it's very interesting isn't also it? my email my my email address as a little kid which i don't have anymore or aim address remember aim no was like <laughs> idol was like idol or aol whatever the chat room it was like idol wannabe really now, because I loved the show American Idol growing oh up. My God. I was like, I want to, so it was just like a cutesy. So my thing was Idol Wannabe. And then like, you know, now I, I've done Idol. Right. Show must go on. Show must go on about Phantom. Another thing that's weird, which I, I think I said to Richard Ridge at Broadway World um, on his interview um, on the carpet there. Um, the person, I saw that show, Phantom was my first Broadway show. Another oh. foreshadowing. And it was, uh, I think I was like nine or 10. And my mom made it a point to say, oh, look, the conductor is a woman. Um, because she just wasn't used to seeing that. Because we're from like Long Island, like a not right. the great area of Long Island. So like, we don't see much, like we see like, you know, it's usually, you know, the, the stereotypical, it's a man in a suit who conducts. Right. So seeing a woman do, hold that space was, my mom, oh, just from, I just remember that. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the place with the woman conductor. Wow. Fast forward, gosh, 13 years, I got put in the show. Um by her she's the reason i got that show and you know like she was the one who put together that event. like now she's like i talk to her all the time and she's stop like, it yeah. and she notes the show when she came what? out towards her like it's it's just super crazy how that all works that's amazing so like, while my you know little username was i don't want to be i ended up doing idol and doing phantom which is wild so now i'm like thinking should i look back at other things from i know I, I was just gonna oh say, wait a second oh i have one more thing that i do i don't often say tell so me, tell we me. did um a vita in my oh. high school i know because we had one girl belter who was mad good period so we did a vita which was kind of crazy for a high school show and i played shea Guevara. it's when i had like a pop voice now i could never first of all i don't i shouldn't really play shea Guevara, but also I don't really have that pop. Well, I do, but no one hires me to do that anymore. They want right. me to do, a, I do that. <laughs> they don't want me to really rock out. Cut <laughs> to, that was my first big like lead that I ever had in like my little town school district. It was an Andrew Lloyd Webber show. And, sh- and now my first oh my big God. commercial show, if you look at everything, first big commercial show. And I did an off-Broadway show before that when I was 19, whatever. No, but my first big commercial show was an Angela Weber show. Oh my so it God. is crazy how that all 
you know. I love it. I love it. We just went on like your whole life story of full circles in like three minutes. That was the most entertaining thing ever. Um, uh, so I, I do want to say you, I don't know if this, I, I, I don't know. I'll ask the question and you let me know if you want to answer it. If not, that's okay. Um, but I, I'm just very curious just because you've accomplished so much in in your career at such a young age right and you know idol you went to hollywood you're doing an international or you did an international tour you were off broadway like you said you're doing so many things um you performed at the tonys you sung with josh groban um in 10 years what is like your dream broadway show that you want to be in so something where I could sing legit oh. <laughs> and be and maybe be a leading man. Because again, I look so freaking young that yeah. I would love to like, you know, once I age up a little bit, I would love to play one leading man. So let's see. Uh, I would love to do Beast and Beat in the Beast. I know that's coming oh. to Broadway. Um, I would love to do Down the Line, Sweeney Todd. Oh my <laughs> that's god! That's probably not ten years. As you should. Uh, I would obviously love to play Phantom. That's another one that takes a little bit of time. Oh, um, I just want to be down the at this pipeline. Point. <laughs> Playing uh, Phantom. Maybe I would love to play. I would love to play it. I look about ten, so maybe one day. But yeah. well, I mean, you're already in the Phantom franchise, so they know where to find you. <laughs> Yes, exactly. They don't even have to like call me. They can literally just summon to me. They're like, right. hey, come on down, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh my God. That's incredible. I love th- it's a very unique answer. The whole legit, um, you know, nowadays you don't really hear that singing legit. Um, I really love that answer. So it's interesting too, because like a lot of people are like, oh, something that's never written before. And obviously like right. things that are written now aren't very legit, legit. So, yeah so very interesting answer I really I really do enjoy that answer and it's I don't know it's not my it's not my voice and it's not a dream role of mine but I love that we have that variety now in on this podcast um well Anthony thank you so much for doing this this was a blast I'm so happy that we got to talk about all things Phantom of the Opera and of course your story of full circles and American Idol and so many more so thank you for doing this and uh I appreciate it so much and I was so fortunate to like it's fun to do like do it in person and now do it like virtually I don't know (laughs) yeah for sure that's that's the best thing about all this yeah you can you can reach anybody now so that's i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i know (laughs) it's so bizarre um but yes honestly thank you so much and uh i hope you enjoyed coming on and uh i appreciate your time and willingness to do this so good luck in all your future endeavors why thank you oh my goodness (laughs) so excited okay bye bye take a bow Eric Anthony Lopez. Oh my goodness. There was just so much to unwrap here, okay? Um, Everything that he was saying about what a day in the life was uh, when you're like going through COVID during a pandemic while performing live theater was just insane. And the fact that like, you know, he's now having experiences that no one can relate to because he's used to performing with people wearing masks and he's used to all of these protocols because he's lived it and he never had that full shutdown experience. I mean, he did, of course, because someone in the cast got COVID and he had to shut down for two weeks, um, but he had a two week uh, shutdown, you know, like it wasn't like a year and a half shutdown like the rest of us experienced. And that's kind of what he was alluding to uh, in the episode. Um, and to be honest, I just found it all very um, fascinating. So, Eric, thank you for for joining us this week and telling us all about what it was like to perform live theater in the midst of a pandemic and um, also sharing some of the some really cool stories that uh, you you kind of alluded to that you never told before. And, you know, just with people getting COVID, I mean, people's family members passing away and they weren't able to say goodbye. Um, Some of the stories that he was just sharing with us um kind of blew my mind you know and you kind of put in 
into perspective because at first you're like oh you know these people are so lucky they've been able to have a job throughout all of this you know they weren't uh they didn't lose their jobs and they they weren't uh shut down for a year and a half and couldn't get that uh crave uh couldn't feed that crave that uh some of us were feeling with live theater or leaving our house or whatever, um, fill that void, I guess I, I should say, not feed that crave anyways. Um, but yeah, so like, you're kind of saying, wow, like that's so cool. And he's so lucky, but then you put it into perspective of like what they had to go through on a day-to-day basis and, um, just not being with their family in a scary time in the world and eventually losing some family and not being able to say goodbye. So like I said, Eric, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your stories. Um, I'm obsessed with all of these stories that you had shared. Those full circle moments were kind of amazing and uh, really cool. So I'm very curious to see if he has any more of those moving forward. I'm sure he will. And before I let you all go this week, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it over to the triple E segment. Uh, and that's Eli's entertainment experience. So welcome back to the Eli's entertainment experience. I know I've been bringing it back for the past couple episodes. Um, but I do, I do want to say like, you know, with Eric, he's never been on in a Broadway show and like, honestly, I don't know. I, I understand why Broadway's as big as a deal as it is but broadway is live theater you know like you go to all of these like when you hear broadway and then you hear of regional theater it's kind of like lessened you know and and i'm i'm at fault too because like when i talk about um certain things with guests on here i usually talk about their resume on broadway and not their regional theater resume, but where do you think all of the Broadway performers start out? And where do you think Broadway gets their talent from? It's from all of these regional theaters. Um, and at the end of the day, like all these regional theaters have Broadway caliber uh, performers and uh, they just don't have the budget or they don't have um, the support uh, to put on such crazy shows that Broadway is able to put on and kind of have that next level set or next level um, costumes or whatever it may be to make Broadway so special and spectacular. Um, so it is big as a theater, you know, like it, all of those things go into go into play. But really, Broadway is just a regional theater. And when I kind of learned and that kind of came into perspective for me, when I was nominated for a Jeff Award for my role in Trevor the Musical out in Chicago, and I was nominated for Best Actor in a Musical, and when I was, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, well, like, what is it? Like, I've never heard of the Jeff Awards, and they were like, oh, well, it's kind of the Tony Awards of Chicago. I was like, the Tony Awards Chicago? Hmm, I, that's crazy. Like, I feel like I would have heard of it, like, uh, and you know, like, it, it's this huge deal. And then, like, I'm there, and I'm like, I, I get it. Like, you know, like, I get it, because it's for theater in New York, the Tony Awards. It's for, it, that's for their regional theater. Broadway is their regional theater, you know? And they have Off-Broadway Awards, and they have, like, all of these crazy things. But the Tony Awards are televised, you know? Like, it, there's just because of the money that Broadway and the community has um, up here in New York. So, it's all very fascinating and it's all very, you put it into perspective and you're like, wow, I've never really thought of it that way. And um, I just think that was something interesting that I kind of thought about when I was talking to Eric, because I was like, I can't believe he's done all of these incredible things and hasn't been on Broadway. But then I was like, wait a second, Broadway is just a regional theater for New York. So it's not like he just hasn't had his moment in New York yet, but he's had his moments elsewhere and he's done so many crazy successful things. So shame on me for, and I will be making sure that I do not just talk about Broadway moving forward. And um, I have, I have done like with guests, I've talked about the Muni and I've talked about the Fox theater. And I've talked about some of these famous theaters that are regional, but I, not all of them, you know, and I just think that uh, it's something that we should all shed a light on and uh, kind of think about and Broadway is, of course, Broadway, and it's always going to be that extra layer and extra special. But at the same time, especially as performers, 
it's all the same caliber of performing. You know, you're just going out there to tell a story and you're going to go and you're going to give it your all every night and you're going to be performing with Broadway caliber performers as well. And uh, and you're going to be performing with Broadway caliber performers as well. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to it, that was my kind of experience that I learned at the at the Jeff Awards. Um, but I kind of wanted to share that all with you this week as I was thinking about it. And it kind of came into my head of just like, you know, I feel like this needs to be shared because I had that like awakening almost again. So I was like, I want to share that with all the listeners who are listening today or this week or whenever you're listening to it. So yeah, there you have it. That's episode 67 of Take a Bow. Uh, Once again, I'm Eli Tokash, and I hope to see you all next week because we have a really fun um, uh, episode next week, and it may be a producer. Um, So I'm I'm excited because we haven't had a producer on it. Um, I don't know. We're trying to figure it all out now. Anyways, it's going to be a very exciting guest no matter what. And I hope you come back and rejoin us for next week's episode and listen to some old episodes with your favorite Broadway stars. Um, So thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Kessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.